0: In this special episode of Signs of the Times Radio, we take a look at a heartbreaking issue, suicide. You'll meet a woman who is grieving the recent loss of her grandson, trying to make sense of this tragedy, and reaching out for rays of hope in the darkness.
1: This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston.
0: Well, I should tell you, uh, listener, that we are going to be dealing with some pretty tough topics today, in particular the topics of uh, depression and suicide. So if that's not your cup of tea completely understand, you know, this is maybe not the episode of Signs of the Times radio for you. If you do want to proceed, however, you know, we'll, we will try to do so with sensitivity and we do encourage you to, you know, seek support whether that's in your own, you know, family and friends, at, um, church, you know, people you know, or whether that's a, a professional help. We'll, we'll mention some details about that as the at the end of the episode. But for now, I'm really excited to invite Alita Bainbridge, to the studio. How are you, Alita?
1: I'm well today. Thank you.
0: Now, Alita, you wrote an article for us in the August edition of Signs of the Times entitled The Gospel According to Leonard. And this was something I imagine was really difficult for you to write because Leonard has passed away just recently, suicide, you know, a terrible situation there. But you write about him with such love, and affection, and, and happy memories. T- tell us about Leonard.
1: Leonard was my first grandson,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was there when he was born. Mm-hmm. I held his his mother's hand mm-hmm. through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a single mother, mm-hmm. uh, dis- disillusioned, disappointed by the person who had sworn love to her forever, mm-hmm. and then as soon as she was pregnant, disappeared. So Leonard was born out of wedlock, and I was there watching him being born and saw him being placed on his mum's chest like a little plump puppy, mm-hmm. grunting away. I will never forget that moment,
2: mm. and
1: I just fell in love with him, and our, our bond has strengthened over the years, mm. the 30 years that I knew him.
0: Wow, wow. So, uh, in some ways, Lenny's start was a, a difficult one by the sound of it in terms of his, you know, family situation. But he had, you know, support, obviously, from his mum, from you, from our other family members. But he, he struggled, didn't he, through, through his life. You know, smart, smart kid by the sound of it.
1: Very smart, but very, very calm little boy, beautiful child, but a single mother's life is not easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... There's a lot of rejection that happens for a little boy who's, you know, in, whose mother's involved with new chaps who are on the scene, mm, you know, mm. wanting to make a relationship with her, but not wanting the little boy. Mm. And so he was often, actually, badly treated. Mm, pushed to the even, side. And, yes, mm. but even violent behaviour. Oh, uh, sometimes, one man was sort of strange. And he actually fired shots into Lenny's room when he was a little boy
2: Goodness. because
1: of his anger. just He took out his anger on, on the child. So Lenny grew up with his mother trying to protect him. But at the same time, his sensitivity made him feel that he was the, at fault. Mm. everything lay at his door. He was the one who was causing his mum to battle f- with her finance.
2: Mm.
0: Happens like that so often, doesn't it, with kids? Like mum and dad divorce, for example, and the kids are left wondering, what did I do wrong? And That's right. It, it's so far from the That's truth, right. but it's a really powerful yes. idea that seems to stick somehow. So, a- and mm. he
1: just developed from there, he developed nightmares. Mm-hmm. He used to battle to sleep because of the terrible nightmares mm-hmm. that he had. That is actually, I think, what the tragedy of his life was, that at that time he was exposed to street vendors of, of uh, drugs who told him that weed was a good way of dealing with his mm. with his sadness and mm-hmm. with his nightmares and everything and and so he believed them and there is a certain amount of truth in it it gives them a, mo- a little bit of time just a couple of hours maybe i don't mm. know the details but i know that it does give them the idea that they are being supported mm. but in well i mean fact, obviously people wouldn 't
0: use marijuana or other drugs if, if it had right. no positive effect, so yes. obviously it did have a positive yes. effect, but as you 're saying yeah. and as you point out in your article, when it wears off you 're back in a very similar situation right. and sometimes a worse one because now you 're broke yes. <laughs> and now and the coming down from drugs is often leaves you feeling worse like yes. physically you know yes. psychologically than when you started
1: yes it 's a very, very sad thing because it eases the tension Mm -hmm. eases the pain for that little while but then especially if you've been brought up with good values Mm -hmm. you feel guilty Uh, afterwards as well yeah you know he knew and he didn't actually want to do it and when he realized he he was told that he would not be addicted to it Mm -hmm. that marijuana and weed are not addictive Mm -hmm. and he swore blind that it wasn't that but you People who are struggling emotionally mm. develop a psychological dependence, mm-hmm. even though they might feel that they are not physically dependent on grass or weed or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. it does have an addictive yeah, yeah. quality to actually, it. I actually
0: remember when I was a probation and parole officer in Adelaide you know, quite a few years ago now, one of uh, the guys who was on probation with me, he said to me, it's the worst drug there is mm. and I'm like really is yeah from his perspective in terms of the way that it just messed with his brain messed with his memory yes. messed with his lifestyle you know for yes. him it was yeah very very destructive mm. and and Lenny was dealing with depression as well wasn't wasn't he and well and, that's what and Lenny, cannabis is a depressant so that's right. yeah
1: that's absolutely right it was it's his very sensitive nature mm-hmm that we discovered afterwards through many discussions that we'd had that he tended to, to look at the darker strains, melancholic, mm-hmm. they call it. And because of that, he this great sensitivity, he mm-hmm. felt things deeply. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, the use of drugs really dragged him in and, as you say, Aggravated the depression.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but I guess through the, you know, while you would have been concerned for him, you know, with this sort of decisions he was making, you, there must have been happy times with, with him and the family, family events that you remember?
1: Oh, yes. Look, there's always the balance to it. And yeah. he and I had a wonderful relationship. In fact, I remember once when he was 10 and I realized he was depressed. Mm. And I said to my daughter, I'm going to take him and do something about this now. So mm-hmm. I put him in the car and I took him on a holiday. And he he cheered up when I fell into the water from mm-hmm. our canoe because <laughs> I hired a canoe. Yeah. And immediately his depression lifted because his grandma had fallen into the drink. <laughs> and so all the way through… I was I was there to kind of mediate mm-hmm. and then later on when I was writing a book uh, at a seaside village he would sometimes come and spend time with me mm-hmm. uh, but then you know he would have to go back to school or back to whatever it was and and he would then slip back into his old ways mm-hmm. and it's you know you, you just he he was continually disappointed in himself, mm, continually mm. disappointed in himself.
0: And it kind of sounds like he felt a need to escape, you know, whether it was escaping on holiday with his grandma or or whether it was escaping into drugs, you know, just anything to get away from everyday life. It's everyday life was just, what, too much for him? Or?
1: Yes, and of course, you know, because he had a younger sister who was, everything that he was not mm-hmm. he, she was bright she was organized she was she she was good at school and he had a, a very rare kind of form of dyslexia mm-hmm. which was only picked up later on so it made him look dumb mm. but in fact he is, was totally, both lobes of his brain were completely balanced. Mm-hmm. So when the images came in, they didn't know whether to go to the left or to the lo- right lobe because there was no dominance. Mm-hmm. And so it, he would slow down and he never was good at spilling as mm-hmm. dyslexics never are. Mm-hmm. And it was only later on that they discovered that he was, you know, that he had this learning difficulty. And that that was the reason why he was not doing so well at school. So he mm-hmm. had to go to a special school and then he felt, you know, how, how kids are. He mm-hmm. was sensitive because why am I in, the, am I a nut case or what is it that mm-hmm. puts me into this? And yeah, and then they wanted to put him onto what's that stuff that everybody goes on to, kids? Uh, uh, R- Ritalin, uh, Ritalin or something? Ritalin, mm. Ritalin. It sounded to him as if... a Popping a pill could, could actually help him. So that mm-hmm. was not a good thing. And fortunately, his mother didn't go with that way. Mm-hmm. But it was a complex problem yeah. with yeah. Leonard. It wasn't just straightforward. He, you know, there were happy times. We, we, we are a very integrated family, mm-hmm. very close family. So family gatherings and that. But Leonard, was, he, he never had much of a, self, mm. self, a sense of self-worth. Mm. And the Boy. fact that he didn't have a father—that That really, really hit him hard. Mm. That hit him hard. When other kids were drawing pictures for their father for Father's Day, he just crumpled up his paper, threw it, and just sat there with his head in his hands. Mm. So the the lack of a father figure really, really threw him wow. down.
0: Boy, yeah, copped a real cluster of. Yeah, uh, real difficult struggles, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. So uh, I guess, as you say, you know, it was a close family. You were there, the happy family events, struggles, mm. b- but you were together. But I guess at some point, you—I mean, you're in Australia now, and the, and this is all in South Africa. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Lenny, you know, moves through school into young adulthood, and then what? How long ago what, was this? Just uh, last year, or earlier this year, when you um s- started hearing phone calls and.
1: Um all the way ever, mm. as long as I know Lenny, one of his happiest times was when he was in Israel on a kibbutz
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he was actually working for he was working for people who appreciated the amount of work that he could do, so mm. he had a job mm. and he felt respected mm. and he was happy, but then he had visa problems. he had to come back to this country mm. to South Africa anyway mm. and I was always aware that Lenny was, if you like, on the edge Mm -hmm. because of his high emotional level. First of all, he was highly moral. Mm. He believed in great morality. He was always seeking, searching, looking, Mm. reading, exploring new ideas. So he was a bright person and we would phone each other no matter where we were Mm. and talk for hours on the telephone. Mm -hmm. And both of us were... You know, we knew how to, 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 to go from one subject to the other to the other and just enjoy each other's exploring of mm. ideas and thoughts. And, but as he struggled to find a job, mm. as he struggled to find his, his position in life, we all have to have a sense that we are not just floating Mm -hmm. that we have a task, that we are here for a purpose. We've Mm. got to have meaning.
0: Which is why the the kibbutz experience was so positive for him, wasn't it? He had work, he had a purpose, he had respect and appreciation for what he was doing. He
1: he was being Mm. paid. He was able to travel and he loved traveling. So his sense of adventure Mm -hmm. was was tickled there as well. Mm. And so when he got back and he couldn't, find the money to go back. And that was something that we need to take into consideration. Poverty mm-hmm. plays a big part mm. in a, not necessarily the only thing, because there are people who struggle with poverty and they rise above it.
0: Mm. Some but of when, the happiest people in the world
1: really. Exactly. Yeah. And um, but when that blocks every channel that mm. you have of moving forward, of studying. He, last year, he wanted to go into a course, do a course in plumbing. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful course, but there just wasn't money mm. to fund it. Yeah. And he was so disappointed. Frustrated he at every heart. turn. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so every turn led him like that. And people who are dealing with somebody like that, Often use unfair language. Mm-hmm. You're just a loser. Mm-hmm. You aren't able to make it through life. Mm. But I,
0: th- I think people get compassion fatigue sometimes. You know what I mean? Like If, if, yes. you're, if you're dealing with someone who's, who's difficult, who's always on a downer, who always seems to be struggling, after a while it sort of gets a yes. bit old. And yes. you, you kind of run out of yes. sympathy, which is tragic because yes. they don't actually need it any less but your capacity to give. You, you know? can't
1: carry somebody al- always. Mm. And I think that it the problem comes from many sides. Mm. And I think we can be aware of, of the struggle and rather find a way of becoming part of the solution instead of damning the person or labeling them. Mm-hmm. You know, just take away the labels and make positive suggestions rather. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe anybody can blame themselves or blame anybody else when you become when you reach adulthood mm, i think mm. we've got to take responsibility for our own choices our actions sure. as difficult as life may be and he did have opportunities mm. but i think the the unfortunate thing also was that he made a girl pregnant mm-hmm. at a point and it was something he never wanted to do
0: mm, because he was basically repeating what exactly where he'd come from yeah that's
1: it he knew what it was to grow up without a father mm-hmm. and he didn't feel he was ready for fatherhood mm-hmm. and because of the fact that he didn't have a job a steady job he was unable to support mm. the the new baby Mm -hmm. Whom he absolutely adored. And he went down to be with a mother who moved back in with her parents a little distance from the actual, from where Leonard was living, Mm -hmm. because she needed that kind of support and he couldn't support her. And so he went down to be with Nathan when he was born, but the parents were always unhappy Mm -hmm. about who Lenny was. The first Firstly, the fact that he had made their daughter pregnant
2: mm, out of wedlock, you know, yeah, yeah. and
1: he want wanted to marry her, but he didn't have the stability or the means or whatever it was, mm. and so in the long run, they refused him bis- visiting rights. Oh dear! And that really th- threw him. That into would have broken him all over again. Yeah. Very, very low, low state. Mm. In fact, it was just before this that he had watched a DVD, Mm -hmm. and it's a fantastic uh, DVD for people who are struggling with their father image. And that Mm -hmm. happens a lot, especially with God as a father Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. in a world where fathers can be so brutal or ineffective or absent or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. A a uh,
0: father wound, I think the phrase is sometimes used. Yes,
1: and the importance of a good father relationship is, is being shown to be something mm. totally essential mm. to the healthy development mm. of any child, male or female. And That's so, for anybody looking for yes, yes. some kind of answer to that, it's a good DVD.
0: Yes, yes. So, tell us what is DVD
1: to listen to. It's called Seeing God as the Perfect Father,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it is give, presented by. A pastor, an Atlanta pastor called Louis Giglio. Yeah, okay. And he presents it in such an amazing way. Mm-hmm. And Lenny was delighted.
0: Mm, made a deep impression on him.
1: He phoned me, and the excitement was kind of palpable right across the line, mm-hmm. you know. Grandma, God is my father. Mm-hmm. He is the perfect father. He has supported me, he's guided me. I see it now. Mm and it really changed a lot of what Leonard was was about and for a long time he was off drugs mm. he he pulled his himself together he sent out his CV he actually did some made some money on the stock exchange and so he, it it looked as if he was you know really coming right mm-hmm. and to that end he wanted to go down and see Nate
0: Mm, his son. Uh, yeah. His
1: son. Uh, and say, look, my life is coming right. Can I see him? Can I, I talk to him? Can we start you know, trying to fix this thing because I now have a job? Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't let him.
0: Ah, uh, heartbreak.
1: They just completely cut him off. Mm-hmm. And he went back and went onto drugs. Wow,
0: wow. Yeah. So there was this horrible day when uh, you, you got a phone call. T- telling you that your grandson was in Lenny was in hospital.
1: Well, what actually happened was we went, uh, Garth and I went across to South Africa in December for mm-hmm. a Christmas holiday.
0: Your husband and you, yeah. And
1: that's my husband and mm-hmm. me. Yeah, we went across, and we spent a month there. And I had chance to visit Leonard, and mm-hmm. I realised then that he was down. We had a family wedding. Mm-hmm and he was he was one of the best men at the at the wedding. Mm-hmm. I have four children, and the youngest is quite a lot younger, mm-hmm. so Although he is Lenny's uncle, he's really not much older. he's five years older than Lenny yeah. and he had a huge effect on lenny's life, and he was getting married, and Leonard was there. But I could see that Lenny was struggling
2: mm-hmm.
1: I could see that he was not himself. Mm-hmm. And I made up my mind that when I got back to, uh, to Australia
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was in a stable place, I would phone him mm-hmm. and we'd have one of our big long chats and just find out what was actually eating him. Sure. So that was in December, January, February, my husband is a pastor and mm-hmm. we were trying to get the, the, the church running mm-hmm. for the new year. So we were mad busy. Mm-hmm. And March was coming up, and I said, In March, I will speak to Leonard mm-hmm. and we will sort this thing out. Mm-hmm. And on the 3rd of March, mm-hmm. I got this frantic call mm-hmm. from my daughter saying, Please, Mum, pray for Lenny. He's struggling for his life. Mm-hmm. He Committed suicide, he hanged himself, mm. and we're waiting for the paramedics to come pray for him.
0: Goodness, you must have felt very far away at that point.
1: I have a way of dealing with a crisis, which actually puts a lid on it. I remain very calm and scream inside. hmm God hears that scream. hmm But my first thing is, let's pray. hmm and so i put we put out the, the the word and my son the one who got married actually was at a at a picnic after church with a whole lot of christian friends mm-hmm. and they all just gathered together immediately and prayed mm-hmm. for lenny on our family network we were, we all prayed mm-hmm. just please give lenny another chance mm-hmm. and so the the, the the fascinating thing was that his sister knew nothing about this, you know, bef- before the event.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at church that day she'd gone into the prayer room and written a card. I'm praying for Lenny today. Mm-hmm. There there's there are things that comfort me mm-hmm. because I, I feel that he was being prayed for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The the thing that sounds as if I should, it should really upset me. But really gave me comfort was the fact that I discovered afterwards that he had tried to phone me Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before he'd committed suicide. Goodness. And I know that it was, I think, his last attempt. I think what happened was a cry for help. Mm -hmm. I think he was really, it was his last bid to say, this is desperate now, Mm -hmm. I really need help, I'm... And unfortunately, because of the time difference between South Africa Mm -hmm. and there, my phone was off.
0: Ah, right.
1: And I hadn't looked at it. And it was only afterwards when I looked at it that I saw that there had been phone calls. And that's when my daughter managed to get hold of me.
0: That must have broken your heart to see that missed call. Yes. Yeah. It did
1: break my heart. But at the same time, I knew that he was reaching out. Mm -hmm. And that things could have different.
0: Mm. It's very difficult in those circumstances, isn't it, to uh, to avoid, um, a lot of people start blaming themselves and asking what if, what if, what if, you know, looking for some, someone or something to blame and yeah, that's that must be really tough, I, I can't imagine that.
1: I think when you are a grandma and you've been through enough stuff mm-hmm. with children and grandchildren and even now a great-grandchild, you start realising that there are certain questions that are almost totally useless, mm-hmm. like could have, should have, would have. What
0: if? If only, you yeah, know, and
1: all yeah. of that. And obviously you do look at those things and it's mm-hmm. necessary to mm-hmm. explore them. Sure. Because otherwise you never learn from it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do also feel that there, there are many things, questions that you ask like that that will not find easy answers. Mm-hmm. And that maybe years later or maybe in the hereafter, mm-hmm. we will actually get the real answers. Mm. And one has to sometimes say, everybody has done the best they can and the only thing now is to learn mm. from it. Wow. And uh, for me, I did not have any sense of guilt mm. when it came to Leonard. Wow. Because we had a, a special bond. hmm and the fact that he'd phoned me mm-hmm. to want to talk to me, I knew it was his uh, uh, spiritual reaching out because mm-hmm. we always spoke about the deep meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And he came away from it feeling encouraged. Mm-hmm. So I know that he wanted that. Mm-hmm. And it may be, I, I don't know, I'm not a, a fatalist,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but perhaps Lenny's time had come.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, regardless of the fact whether he could or couldn't get hold of you or get hold of anyone, it was his choice in the end, wasn't it? That's right. It, it was his choice, yeah. That's right. Boy, so I, I guess this whole experience seems to have pushed you in a direction of un, trying to understand more about, you know, suicide and self-harming thoughts and self-harming behaviours. And you've, you've actually found some pretty scary sort of statistics. Um,
1: I have, but before we even go there, mm-hmm. I would like to say that reading Leonard's diary, his mm-hmm. journal, that he had left, mm-hmm. and some of the letters that he had he had written but hidden, mm-hmm. I think it was kind of almost saying, I've reached the end of my tether. If something happens now that can help me, mm mm-hmm. I will destroy these letters. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, they're there. So I think he was on the cusp of trying to find Mm -hmm. a way out, but he just knew that he'd reached the point where he'd lost faith in himself, Mm -hmm. faith in his world, faith in everything. He was believing the lies that he was worthless, that people would be better off without him, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that that in fact he was doing the whole world a favor by doing this. Mm. And this came through in his journal, Mm. Over and over again. And I know him so well. I could f- sense the sensitivity, the heart cry. Mm. And also, listening to some of his favorite songs. Mm,
0: his music, yeah. Exploring,
1: because yeah. he was a gra- a great lover of music and, and arts and all of that. Listening to the kind of things that gave him comfort. Mm. Have given me comfort, yeah,
2: too.
0: Yeah. It's a connection, isn't it? Yes. And yeah. I
1: realized that he didn't strangely enough, die without hope mm. because he had found his perfect father. Mm-hmm. And I wonder in that last, those last moments if he wasn't just saying, it's over to you now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a wise thing to do.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, look, I think it's, you know, really powerful what you say, that he would believed these lies, that, you know, that he was worthless, that the world was better off without him. You're very clear about yes. Those things were a lie. I mean, it, it's Great that he had a sense of peace, he had a sense of connection you know with God, but nevertheless, yes. it's not like he was thinking completely straight,
1: no was he no, yeah. because he was at that stage on drugs mm. which were aggravating his depression, aggravating his confused thinking mm-hmm. and all of that mm. and But for me now, I believe we need to find are ways of helping others mm, mm. who are in a si- similar situation. Yeah,
0: and there are a lot of others. I mean, you've, you brought in some of these statistics that just, you know, blew me away. I mean, I, I thought I knew this stuff, but when you read it, it, wow, you know, suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians between 15 and 44 years of age. The leading cause. So m- more leading than motor vehicle accidents, more leading than heart attacks. and Yes. And, and Wow and we're talking about 65,000 Australians who who attempt yes suicide and 3,000 e- you
1: actually get it right in a well, year
0: well right or very very wrong exactly yeah, yeah i 3, mean 3,000 uh, Australians complete with what they complete their suicide to do. yes it's so this is not an isolated issue there must be a lot yeah. of our listeners out there who who have been touched by this and i know it's pretty yes. fresh and pretty raw for you and you, you know you're not a helping professional but What could you say to someone out there who perhaps like Lenny is struggling with these negative spiraling thoughts and feelings and starting to think in the direction of self-harm or or ending their life? First
1: of all, I'd like to say that I came up with some information from somebody, a professional I've been speaking to, who said when somebody is a melancholic…
0: What, one, one of love, these deep, artistic, deep, deep feeling people—people people yes. who
1: tend to
0: depression—tough
1: mm-hmm. love actually isn't the answer.
0: Ah, oh, right.
1: Because they say that uh, they really need somebody who, who will give them meaning, mm-hmm. who will give them a sense of their value, mm-hmm. and who will dispel the lies that their body, their minds are telling them. Because mm-hmm. depression is often the result of a very low self-worth mm. a very very bad abuse in childhood mm-hmm. and m- there are many causes for depression and that is also something that is a worldwide phenomenal mm-hmm. m- phenomenon today a, a depression it's been depression called an, it's is, been
0: called an epidemic yes yeah.
1: so they go together and mm. i think that i know of a little girl in my gr- granddaughter's school back in south africa who is 12 Mm -hmm. and she feels there's no meaning to her life and that if she could she would do away with herself and she's 12 Mm. and I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking we need to start really taking this very seriously Mm. and helping people to understand that if there's anybody around that who who, who displays any words like that Mm. my life is worthless or where you can see the depression is serious, mm. we cannot leave it there. Mm. We need to be, be very responsible mm-hmm. about it for their sake mm-hmm. because they are not thinking straight at that moment. Yeah, yeah. At that point, they are so deep that they cannot see reality.
0: It's interesting you say that because I'm, I remember hearing a, a study that said that people who had you know, followed through with some sort of suicide attempt, but, you know, had been revived or or whatever, actually said, you know, looking back on it 12 months later, like it's a very high percentage, like 90 sort of percent of those people say that I'm glad that I didn't, you know, complete that suicide. Yeah. So that just tells you that, you know, even though you can't see light at the end of the tunnel at that moment, it seems there's nowhere to go. It's amazing how time does heal. It's a cliche, but there's truth to it. You know, give it a few months, several months, things will look different. Yeah. Look,
1: this is the thing that is so sad with Leonard, is that he'd been trying to get into a, a good rehab mm-hmm. that he trusted, and there'd be no place for him. Mm. And the day before he actually committed the act, a place had become available for him, but oh. they hadn't yet let the family know. Oh. It's another one of these, if only. Yes. It? Yeah. And, you know, if he'd managed to get hold of me, mm. it might have changed it. So there are many things. and who knows? You know, who knows? He would might have three, after coming out of rehab, found a job. Mm. So the message to get out is that the truth, which is a cliche, mm. but it is a truth, mm. is while there's life there's hope. Mm -hmm, mm. And if you can find that hope or if somebody can give it to you, and Mm. that's what we are there, I think, is to be hope bearers.
0: Mm, As friends and family. Yes. And and light
1: bearers. Mm. And to be very aware of people who are struggling. Mm. In fact, I think we should inquire in our morning devotions, is there somebody that today Mm. I can speak to where I can bring hope.
2: Mm. Because
1: that, for me, was Christ's mission statement. Mm -hmm. He said that I'm here to lift those who are depressed, Mm. to give them a crown of glory instead of garments of heaviness. Mm -hmm. And that was his whole, and we know that Jesus is seen even by his enemies Mm. to be the most amazing light in this dark world. Mm. And, and
0: and I know Alita you, you do see this whole issue in in terms of a spiritual battle. I mean you, you talk about the lies that might come in someone's mind and I understand you see that as a, a negative spiritual forces yes. planting those yes. lies quite often and there's a there is yes. a real battle going on behind the scenes for our for our lives and, and for our souls yes. and, and and as praying people yes. like you say, you spend that time in the morning to say, God, I want to be a part of this battle on the side of light and goodness and hope
1: and the bible says that the force of evil is a liar
2: mm.
1: and he's the father of lies mm-hmm. and the liar from the beginning mm-hmm. that is how he is labeled
2: mm-hmm.
1: and these lies you know that if you take substances
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're helping yourself mm-hmm. That's just a blatant lie because mm-hmm. it actually is quite the opposite. Mm, destructive. It's destructive. Where somebody says you are worthless, that is the biggest lie of all mm-hmm. for a Christian. Oh yeah. Or well, for anyone. Yeah. Because
0: but, Jesus didn't die just for Christians.
1: That's right. But yes. well, I mean, if you are a, a Christian and you mm. believe that, mm-hmm. then you should never believe that you're worthless. Yes. Yes. But yes, you're right as far as I'm concerned, everybody has a value. Mm, mm. And we are there to help them find that value.
2: Mm.
1: And so, yeah, he he was not worthless. The lie was that people would be better off without him. And mm. I think of the heartache and the pain that people have suffered because
2: mm, of, uh, of that, that he's missing. Mm, he's mm.
1: not there anymore. At the, big, at the family gatherings, his place is missing. Mm-hmm. His little nephew said, I'm going to miss the, 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 uh, Lenny carrying me around on his, on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so many people have, have affirmed mm-hmm. how much they valued him, mm-hmm. and yet he d- couldn't he didn't see it. it. He, he didn't. didn't realize it. that Those were lies. Those mm-hmm. were the lies that make me angry, mm-hmm. because it is, it is destroying mm-hmm. human life human hope.
0: Wow, wow. So, uh, look, I imagine there are probably some fellow Travers out out there, Alita, who uh, have gone through something similar to you, you know, losing someone to suicide. I mean, you're obviously still very much in the middle of your journey of healing, but are there any insights that you can pass on to them just uh, as we finish?
1: Well, my first thing is don't believe the lies. Just, it Mm. says resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, in other words... I think the Apostle Paul said that, didn't he? Yes, when the a little voice is saying to you, you worthless, say no and resist it. Mm-hmm. And then make, do steps, take steps mm. to actually be proactive. Mm-hmm. Realize that you are depressed, that you're not thinking straight, mm-hmm. and make a list of the negative thoughts that you're thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Write mm-hmm. them down, mm. and then in a column next to it, write what you know to be the reality Mm -hmm. and compare the two and keep that before you often Mm. and repeat it over and over. Make maybe find a Bible verse that you like mm-hmm. and that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens
2: me. Mm, yeah, it's a strong and, one. Yeah. Yes,
1: verses like you know, that I will never leave you or forsake you, mm-hmm. or you are mine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have died for you. Write out those things and stick them up everywhere to retrain mm-hmm. the mind mm-hmm. which has been damaged to, f- to think a certain way. Mm-hmm retrain it with positive thoughts. Yeah, it yeah. takes a while and it takes absolute mm. determination to do it. But if you're still struggling on your own, talk to people. Absolutely.
0: And, and this is what you've been telling me about. You're going through your journey of grieving right now. Yes. And you found it helpful to talk to oh, it. Like yes. a helping professional, yes, your family I, and even other people who have suffered a similar thing. You find that you and them are sometimes the only people who can really understand right. what you're going through.
1: That's right. Absolutely. If you are struggling, you'll be amazed. Anybody will be amazed at how many other people out there are struggling with similar issues and mm. you just raise it or talk about it or but you see the thing is we don't trust. Very often mm. when we've been hurt, we don't trust people. Mm. So if you find that you your trust, you know, your trust has been broken, and I'm talking directly to somebody like Lenny. I'm saying, if you find that your trust has been broken, try and find, phone a lifeline, phone, go to your doctor. Your doctor can put you if you if, if money is an object, and you want to be objective about it, go mm. to a medical, mm. your doctor, and say, look, I need to be put onto a a mental health plan. Mm-hmm. There are totally clued up with it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they will put you on a, a, a mental health plan that will give you six free and possibly even ten mm-hmm. free uh, sessions. With, with, with a psychologist. A, with a me- medical professional psychologist, mm-hmm. somebody who is trained mm-hmm. in uh, a depression mm-hmm. therapy or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. There are things, books that we can read mm-hmm. that give you positive ideas and thoughts. And of course, from my point of view, mm-hmm. The scripture is just yeah. a huge reservoir. It's a it's a treasure trove of promises that that reassure us mm-hmm. that of, of of our value, of life's meaning. Mm-hmm. And when you can find meaning for your life, then you're a long way mm. to already starting the healing process.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for that Alita. I really appreciate you opening your your heart to us and you know sharing some of that journey with us It's um, been tough, but it's not empty of hope either, so yeah thank you so much uh, yeah for for sharing that with us. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening for this week. If you do feel that something you've heard today has, I guess, you know, stirred up some difficult feelings for you, please uh, yeah, do what Alita has suggested and talk to someone, a, a trusted support person or or perhaps a service such as Lifeline. In Australia, that number is 131114. Um, if you're listening in New Zealand, that's 0800 543 or if you're anywhere else, look, there are services there. You can find them via Google. Please remember that you are not alone.
1: Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit scienceofthetimes.org.au
0: Signs of the Times has been published in Australia
1: since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.